0: We are continuing our series on Songs of Christmas, and we've been talking about some of the. How many of you know these songs are rich, some of them? If you were here last week, I talked about some songs that were not so good, like Grandma Getting Ran Over by a Reindeer. If you happen to miss that, look those words up, and then you'll be appalled by it just as much as I was. But anyway, I'm not going to get caught on that. But here's the thing. I was actually surprised by the words when I looked them up. How many of you guys like surprises? Right, three of you. How many of you like? Let me put it this way: How many of you like good surprises? You're you kind of hesitant because it's like, man, I've been surprised by some things that weren't so good, right? Those are not what we like. But I want to share a surprise. Our first Christmas here uh, at Freedom Church, uh, we had moved to Placerville, and that's where we live. But it was December of 2018. Some of you guys are aware our daughter was serving as a missionary in Prague, and when we moved here. Timothy and Stephanie moved here, and she was pregnant with Abby at the time, already several months. And so, uh, Abby was supposed to be born at Christmas time. She delayed it until uh, January 2nd, but she's going to be five uh, coming up in just a few weeks. So, here we are. It's Christmas time. Their aunt is all the way in uh, Prague. Uh, she wanted to come back and see her first niece uh, born. And so, she planned a trip, and she really likes to be secretive about it. So she let Colleen and I know, but uh, Timothy, our son, and Stephanie, and Joshua, they didn't have any idea that she was on the way coming, so we snuck, and uh, we had her hiding it. She was in the backyard until everybody was there, and so I got a video of her coming and surprising our family, so uh, let's uh, play that video. Is there more volume? So our dog was just as surprised as anyone else, <laughs> in case you couldn't hear. That was a great surprise. How many of you guys like Those are awesome surprises. I love that. No one was expecting her, but she came. Uh, I like those unexpected moments of joy. Uh, does anybody like receiving surprise gifts? Yeah, especially if you like them. They can be great, but they can be awful. And I asked for some help. Only a couple of you guys shared with me your bad cris- or bad gifts that you have got. Uh, and I think you're probably afraid because you might be sitting next to the person that gave it to you. So maybe you didn't share it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a couple of the ones that I did get. But I'm going to share uh, Colleen and I's first Christmas together. We went to her family. And, you know, we were young. We got married at 22. And uh, I think that her parents, her family might have thought I was 12 with the gifts that I got. Uh, but I got there and her parents gave me, I got a green sweater. Now let me just say... I was in the Army Reserves at the time. Had already been through BASIC and all of that, so I was a lot thinner. I probably only weighed about 160 pounds at the time. I was lean, mean, fighting machine, right, all of that. I had, uh, anyway, had fired M16s, M60s, thrown grenades, blown up C4, all of that stuff. So I felt like I was pretty tough. Anyway, I got there, got this green sweater, and as thin as I was at the time, it still wouldn't have fit me unless I was about 10 years younger. I had to be about 12 years old. I think it was like a boy size 12 or something, and it's like uh, we couldn't do anything with it. We had a little puppy at the time that got sick on the way home driving back, and so I had a green sweater to clean that up, but... Uh you think i'm joking but it really happened so uh... uh... then her sister gave me you know like i said i had been firing these big weapons and you know I, I i was there but she gave me this incredible weapon to defend myself it was a plastic slingshot that most likely came from the dollar store and it even had the plastic ball to go along with it and i'm like what what are your parents what do your family think i am but uh... Uh, Those were not... You know, here's the thing. If they would have given me something good, I probably wouldn't have remembered it. But I remember those gifts. So uh, now let me just say, I've given some not-so-great gifts. It wasn't on Christmas Day, but my wife uh, is not a fan of sports, if you guys know that. She could care less. She doesn't know the teams that's on basketball or football. She doesn't know the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, that's because she's married to me. I know some of y'all. Come on. How about Cowboy fans? There's some. All right. There's some. Who's a 49er fan? All right. Ah, see? I'm sorry. I'm from Texas. I can't help it. But anyway, we were in Colorado Springs at the time, and Colorado Springs had a minor league team, uh, the, the Sky Sox. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, the church had on Mother's Day, it was a free day for moms to go to baseball. And they were, some of people were coming. I thought, oh, my wife's going to love this. We're going to go hang out with people. She did not enjoy spending Mother's Day at the baseball field. Yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned. Guess what I didn't do again? So, uh, and then apparently my daughter commented on my post on Facebook trying to get, and she goes, on my 16th birthday, I got a yo-yo, and you took me to uh, Olive Garden. I'm like, yeah, Timothy, I'm thinking, apparently she doesn't remember more than that. I don't know what we gave her, but I had, we had to have given her more than that. I know we didn't have a lot of money, but Timothy says, are you going to share it? I was like, no, but here I am sharing it. So uh, uh, Daryl Reader said, he goes, 59 years ago, Sandy and I were having our first Christmas. Those first Christmas are something, aren't they? Yeah, he goes, We went to my mother-in-law's to exchange gifts to family member. Uh, When it was my turn to open my gift, I was excited. The package was just wrapped in newspaper with a small bow. Upon getting into my package, however, I was shocked with what I saw. I was then instructed by my mother-in-law to show what she had proudly given me. I reluctantly picked up a pair of boy shorts. Are you talking like underwear? Okay, that's what I thought. And uh, to display it to everybody. Can you imagine you're new to this family and you're having to hold that up? And uh, they were dyed a light green color. So uh, that's funny. And a lot of laughter, a lot of memories from that, right? Uh, Nick said he got a file cabinet for Christmas. Man, that's exciting, right? (laughs) When you were 15? Oh, that's even worse. That's even worse. It's like, you are going to be an accountant, right? Here's your file cabinet. A couple people mentioned vacuum cleaners, which I do want to say, I actually gave my wife one of those stick vacuum cleaners a few years ago. She loved it. It wasn't that bad. She wanted it. That's what she wanted. And uh, those are not cheap, so we got that. Uh, Several people mentioned getting clothes, which how many of you know clothes some people like and some do not? Like our granddaughter, when she gets uh, clothes and pretty dresses, she's loving that. It's like, ooh, look what I got. Uh, Last year, Levi got some clothes, and guess what? (laughs) He could care less. All right. One last one I wanted to share. Uh, My wife shared this. She got a pair of roller skates. Now, you might think that's not a bad gift until you realize she was uh, raised in rural Arkansas on a dirt road. There was nothing concrete anywhere. There was literally nowhere that she could take her roller skates and, and ride. So it's like, thanks for the gift. I don't, they don't work so well on the dirt. Right? Anybody ever try that? So uh, anyway, like I said, life's got good surprises, bad surprises. Uh, but today we're focusing on joy, so I want to look at good surprises how many of you like get joy when you find you're getting money back on your taxes that you didn't expect oh yeah that's a good day other way is not so good right uh... how about if you've worked hard to lose weight some of you guys can identify and you're like oh man nothing's coming off you step on the scale like all of a sudden you lost five pounds Woo, that's a good surprise right there right then you go celebrate by eating cheesecake right uh, maybe you haven't heard from a family member a long time, and they send you a text or email or actual an actual call. Do people do that anymore? Uh, or you get a gift you wanted, but you didn't expect? Or uh, you know, we have a function at the church, and Rick shows up with his lemon bars that he makes. That's always if you haven't had one of those, mm mm, those are yummy. Uh, so I ate those for several days this last time. Anyway, it didn't help me on my losing five pounds. But uh, all of our kids, all of our kids were a surprise. We didn't expect any of them. Anybody, when you, got, you know, got pregnant, it's like, oh, man, surprise. Here they are. You know, recently Judah was born in October, but the surprise was that he came three and a half weeks early because I told Stephanie, wait until after our chili cook-off and stuff. She tried, but Judah said, surprise, here I am. And then uh, just a few weeks ago, Asher and Eda they showed up six weeks early. Surprise, right? Uh, right as we're supposed to be doing all the decorations and everything going on. Uh, so they're still, What? they're almost three weeks old, but they're still like three weeks away from their due date. So, uh, but they're here, they're here in church today for the first time. I don't know, is she around here? So maybe out, she's out in the back. So we give her, we'll, we'll give her permission there. So anyway, surprises by definition, you're not expecting them, Right. Or it's not a surprise. You didn't see it coming. You're not looking for it. You didn't think it would ever happen. And I love that's about the Christmas story. Because it's so full of wonderful surprises. Angels showing up. Men bringing gifts. Can you imagine the wise men showing up? And here you are with a baby. And they have all this gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You're like, whoa, all this valuable stuff. That's a great gift. That's a great surprise. A baby born in a barn, uh, which is actually God coming in the flesh to save the world from its sin. So uh, all of that leading up to that first Christmas morning, that was the, the Israelites, the Jewish people were in a land. Uh, it was very difficult at that time. They had been living for the last 700 years under the oppressive rule of foreign powers. Think about that, 700 years. The average Jew had to deal with taxes, tributes, tolls, debt, and they were all living below poverty line. They were all down there. The religious leaders, they were corrupt. They demanded money. Herod was a cruel puppet master of the Roman uh, Empire. He was unpredictable. History says that, that he had record of killing people without logic, reason, or warning. If he wanted you dead, he would do it. So think about it. They lived in chaotic political times. How many of you know? If our politics are a little crazy right now. How many of you know that's only going to get crazier as we get into this next year? We they had corrupt leaders. Is there any corruption in our government? Yes. Surprise, right? A challenging economy they had. How many of you know we're living in a very challenging so their issues were the same things that we were facing that we face today? So life was a struggle. More tears than laughter were happening, and then all of a sudden, surprise, the Savior comes. Yeah. Amen. Out of out of nobody was expecting, I mean, they they were expecting a savior to come, but the fact that he actually came and then the way he came. See, they were expecting a warrior king, somebody in the line of David that's going to conquer Rome and give them freedom so that they can they can just live without that oppression. But guess what? Surprise, it was a baby. A baby, right? They expected the savior to come. Maybe in an important place like Jerusalem, the temple, or something, but he shows up in Bethlehem in a stable with farm animals. The Jewish people expected the Messiah to be announced by the elite, by the religious leaders. Oh, here he is, he's coming in. But guess what? He came in and announced it to lowly shepherds on the field that night. In the middle of nowhere, they were the first to receive that news. Isn't that cool? They were in the Roman culture, here's the thing the shepherds poor, uneducated, rejected, and, and basically their job entailed watching sheep. Can you think of anything more boring? I mean, maybe you can. Here's a sheep. I mean, the only exciting thing like King David, while he was being a shepherd, got to kill a lion and a bear. That would be exciting, unless you realize all I've got is a stick and a rock. Right? I don't OK, if a bear and a lion are coming along, if I got a good, nice-sized rifle, I think I'll take it on, but otherwise, I'm not trusting my rock-throwing skills. It might just bounce off of him and he comes and eats me anyway. but that's all that they did. Watch sheep, led them to food, led them to water. At night, they slept with them, but they also had to keep watch over predators and uh, uh, thieves that may have come. So that was it. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, surprised, a host of heavenly angels show up. Can you imagine what that was like? They, were, they had to be terrified. The scripture says they were terrified. And, uh, but the angel said to them, what? Uh, reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in the city of David. I don't know if you can imagine the, the heaviness that they were under and then to finally hear the Messiah is here. He's born today in the city of David. That is great news. That is great news. It was unexpected night of surprises. The shepherds, like I said, they were bedded down for the night. No idea that this was about to happen. No idea that it was going to take place. So if you're taking notes, you, you can write down some of this. Because with Jesus, you will discover joy in dis, uh, surprising places. God shows up in places that you don't expect. Like, like maybe you come to church and you're expecting God to be here, right? But what about you know, at your job? What about in your situation? What about at a place of life? Maybe you're going through a joyless time. Does anybody understand what that's like? where there's no joy whatsoever uh, you know talking about our economy I was looking at some numbers over the last 3 years do you realize inflation has gone up considerably anybody notice that no way. Yeah. oh no I didn't notice that at all here's the deal 3 years ago groceries uh, were 23.5% cheaper than they are now oh, yeah. uh, fuel prices 50% has gone up median how many of you know home sale prices has gone up in the last three years. And that also translates, if you're trying to rent somewhere, uh, you're going to be paying somewhere prices that are more than some people's mortgage. And you're just renting like a two-bedroom or a one-bedroom something. And I know everybody's feeling bad now, right? Like, thanks for reminding us of that. Here's the thing. I read an article that'll save you on the cost of Christmas dinner. It says, instead of buying a turkey or a ham... Cut down on cost and get a plant-based turkey. <laughs> I heard, that. I know, to the three vegetarians, I'm sorry, but you know what? We gotta have some meat, right? My turkey's gotta have an actual leg. It shouldn't jiggle while I'm eating it, right? So, uh, I'm just saying. Anyway, I could keep going on, but here's the thing: there's a lot of people that dread this holiday. They dread this time for many reasons, whether you, you lost a loved one, maybe you can't afford it, maybe there's pressure, whatever it is, you're dreading the holiday uh, because of stress and worry, I want to encourage you to choose to find joy in just the ordinary things of life. Amen? Just the or, don't worry about the amount of money you've got to spend. How many of you know kids would rather play in the boxes anyway? Isn't that true? Uh, read the Christmas story together as a family. Or if you're, if you're by yourself, hey, listen, go out with somebody and talk about the Christmas story. Read it together. I remember when our kids were younger, they would act it out. And that was some good memories. Uh, just learning that. See, more than 2,000 years ago, times were tough, like I said, as well. And in spite of all of the tough times, Jesus shows up. Awesome. Luke chapter 2, and I said this, talked about it last week. Going back, he says, "Don't be afraid, I'm bringing good news that will be great joy for what? All. all people. And we don't realize the Jewish people thought it was just the Messiah was just for them. And the angels coming announcing, "No, it's not just for you, but it's for all people. Jesus is for everybody, whoever it was. And, and again, living 2,000 years later, we understand that. Uh, they didn't understand that then. That's our Savior. That's our Messiah. And uh, God left heaven, came to earth, and yes, it wasn't a perfect situation. The circumstances were not good, but Jesus showed up. How many of you know joy doesn't depend on your circumstances being right? right. All right a lot of times, oh man, you know what, I'll have joy, but you know, after I get this new job, after this happens, and, and we got all of these circumstances that are going around, you may have completely horrible circumstances, but do you realize you can still have joy? Joy comes in spite of the circumstances of your life. Amen? Because joy, it's different. You can be happy. There's happiness, right? Happiness is fleeing. It's only momentarily. Happiness is only around as long as the circumstances are good. But when they're not good, happiness is out of there. How many of you realize you can actually be unhappy and still filled with joy? That's kind of weird, isn't it? How can I have joy because it's deeper than that? And here's the thing about joy. Joy comes from knowing that you're not alone. You're not alone. You you may feel like you're alone, but you're not. Even in difficult circumstances, do you realize God is with you? In the Old Testament, the prophecy of the coming Messiah, they said that he was going to be Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. And how many of you know when you think of God with us, it's not like, oh yeah, God's in the room. You know, there he is right there. No, God with us is like God is with you, right? Right beside you, right in your heart, right in your presence. And you can have joy knowing, hey, listen, I'm not alone. He says in Hebrews 13, God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Psalms 23, one of the most quoted Psalms. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? He is with me. God is with me. Listen, wherever you're at, you can have joy because you know God's with you. You can go through the most trying situations. Another reason is that joy comes from knowing your sins are forgiven. Isn't that a great remembrance? Listen, if you've been saved a long time and you've walked with forgiveness for a long time, sometimes you take it for granted. You take the fact that that you're no longer carrying the heaviness of guilt and the weight of your sin, because sin literally has a weight to it. It it weighs you down. But I can have joy, even if my circumstances aren't great, because, listen, I know I'm forgiven. I don't have to carry the the weight of that anymore. And thirdly, joy comes from knowing we've got a place in heaven with Jesus. Amen. Amen? We've got... He says this in John 14, 3, I go to prepare a place for you. And he says, if it wasn't so, I wouldn't tell you. God is up there right now. You may try, be trying to find an affordable place to live right now, but how many of you know God's got something even better for you right there? God's got a home in heaven waiting that he's decked out. It's going to be better than anything you can imagine right here. He's preparing that for us so I can have joy. Uh, knowing all three of those things, God is with me, God's forgiven me, and he's got a place for me. Amen? Amen. You see, Jesus, your Savior, that is joyful news. Amen? That is joyful. Regardless of what's going on in your world, uh, I pray, my prayer is that you would find joy this Christmas season. Find joy this Christmas season. The shepherds were out in the field the middle of nowhere, last place you'd ever expect him, and and guess what? The middle of a field turned into the most amazing worship service ever. Right? I know a few of you guys went to King and Country last week. They're a great band. But let me tell you, being in that field was better than anything this world can put on. Right. Amen. The angels showed up. The light show was from heaven. Right? We didn't need the little lights and stuff like that. The angels were like, well, wow, this is amazing. And they were there. And listen, from that night, we get some of, of the favorite Christmas uh, hymns that we sing. We've sang them over the last few weeks. Uh, but one written by Isaac Watts. You're like, who in the world is Isaac Watts? He was a brilliant writer. He was a pastor. He lived in England in the uh, late 1600s. And back then, let me tell you, music was a little bit different than it is today. Most of the songs, they were verses from Psalms put to music, which you think, well, that's not a bad thing, only that it was really dull. Actually, Watts' words, he said this, it was monotonous and dull. And he wanted to change things. And his dad basically said, instead of complaining, do something about it. And he wanted to have songs that were vibrant, exciting, passionate, joyful. He wanted to actually see people's face with joy when they're singing about joy. How many of you know sometimes that's true today? If you're worshiping and it looks like you just ate a lemon? <laughs> how many of you know? You've heard this thing. It's like sometimes you've got to need to tell your face you've got joy, right? And uh, he wondered, he goes, the songs were just so, they were so dreary. He wrote some of the songs we still sing today. One of them, some of you guys may be aware of this, when I surveyed the wondrous cross. Does anybody remember that one? How about this one? More of you guys will be aware of this one. At the cross, at the cross, first saw the light and the burden of my sin rolled away. Timothy, you guys can come up. Uh, Life wasn't easy for Isaac, or Isaac Newton, Isaac Watts. (laughs) Wrong, Isaac. There. Uh, Here's here's some of the things. He was born with physical abnormalities. Uh, He was only five foot tall. Now, I don't pick on him for his height, but they said it was very thin with an abnormally large head. His skin was very pale, and uh, so he he was uh, interesting to look at. Apparently, Uh, he was in correspondence with a girl who really liked his music and some of the things and so they would talk back and forth they would talk about marriage and you know let me just say there was no Facebook so you can't Facebook stalk anybody what's this guy actually look at like uh, when she actually met him he asked her to marry him and she her reply to him was I can't marry you you're too ugly oh. I know don't you just wanna go dot her in the eye right so uh, uh, that's what he dealt with you know he was an interesting looking guy he suffered from a lot of sickness, high fevers, chronic disease. He had mental breakdowns, inability to concentrate. Things got so bad in his life that he moved to a farm where friends took care of him basically for the rest of his life. But while he was there in isolation, suffering, he wrote one of the poems that you might recognize. It said, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Then he said, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Then no more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. And then lonely Isaac Watts says this, he rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove... The glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. And shortly after he wrote that poem, somebody put it to music to handle, and it's become one of the most famous Christmas songs that we sing. So if you guys can stand, we're going we're to sing that.
1: Joy to the world, the Lord is come Let earth receive her King Let every heart prepare her And learn that you seat. And never made you sing, and never, never made you sing. The joy, the joy. It's to-
0: He turned me down so I'm not, he didn't want to hear me singing through the microphone, I understand. Because I was making a joyful noise, but it may not have been in uh, harmony, so uh, I'm okay with that. Listen, the joy of the Lord is your strength, isn't it? Because we can try to get strength from so many different areas. Oh yeah, build me up, build my ego up, you know, do that, tell me I'm all this. All of that stuff is great, but how many of you know it's not joy? Joy is something that's on the, on the inside. And I think it's awesome that the Lord used somebody like Isaac Watts to change and bring joy every Christmas for over 300 years now. Think about that. Over 300, People are singing that and it's bringing joy. See, when the angels finished singing, the shepherds went to Bethlehem and in the Bible says that they found things exactly like the angels said. They hurried to the village, found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger there was the Messiah and and, you know I don't know what was going on in their head but it's like why are we in a barn they said it was going to be in Bethlehem why are we in a barn and listen don't we kind of make the manger seem a lot more prettier than it is I mean a barn is a barn and it probably stunk it probably wasn't all fresh hay that was in there and the baby is not in a sterile environment he's laying on a feed trough for cattle Right, And that's where he was, but that's where hope was at. And it didn't make sense that joy was found, but I believe this, with Jesus, you experience joy in surprising ways. God has a way of showing up. The greatest moment in history wasn't announced with a press conference. Nobody handed out cigars for babies. They don't do that anymore these days, but uh, (coughs) there was a time. But I believe this world-changing, altering moment came to ordinary people, ordinary place, that just had ordinary jobs. They were just regular people. I believe that's why Jesus came that way. I believe that's why he came to, to and announced that first to the shepherds. It was a surprise. I believe sometimes we think, oh, well, I'm not this and I'm not that. Listen, if you're just an ordinary person, working an ordinary job, living an ordinary lifestyle, that's a perfect moment for God to show up. Amen. I believe that he does that even more that way. That's how it operates. My prayer for you this Christmas is that you will experience that. Experience moments that you didn't realize. Be overwhelmed by the presence of God. Amen. Don't get caught up in the commercialism. You may experience God driving down the road. Anybody ever do that? You're just driving down the road in God-like. Maybe you have a song on. And it's like the presence of God is filling your song or your song filling your car with his presence All right, let me just say when that happens don't close your eyes <laughs> keep your eyes on the road and allow the presence of the lord to ministry you. you may be on a walk you may be doing just mundane things and all of a sudden god's presence shows up amen god wants to surprise us i believe that this season it's not we shouldn't be selfish am i right This holiday is not about that. I mean, as a believer, we should never be selfish anyway. If you're ever looking for Christmas movies, sometimes there's, you know, I'm not talking about the Hallmark. Oh, I'm going back to my own hometown. Oh, there's a guy. Oh, you know, how many of you know? I have prophecy whenever I watch a Hallmark movie because you know how it's going to end. We watched one the other day that was, uh, it said the man that invented Christmas, but it was about Charles Dickens and how he, uh, when he was going through the process of coming up with a Christmas story with Scrooge, and it was an interesting show, but at the end of it, after, because we know Scrooge, he didn't want to give to anybody, let the poor die, all of that, he had that. At the end of the show, it says that after his book came out, that giving to uh, non- to charities increased, like some rapid amount. How many of you know as a believer that should happen all the time? Because that's what, what Jesus came to do. He came to give his own son for us. So I want to encourage you, and I, a couple weeks ago I talked about this, to capitalize on the opportunity to share the gospel you realize that, and I think it was the number, was 57% of people that you personally will invite will actually come during this season. So my challenge, I gave it a couple of weeks ago, everybody had an invite card in your seat, didn't you? Take that one, take the one if there's one next to you, and and invite somebody. Take it to a neighbor, bring them some cookies. I handed out three of them this week to uh, different people that I go to and talk to all the time. So Uh, Do you realize, I saw this statistic, 30% of people that attend church that have a relationship with God never invite anybody. One out of every three people never invites anyone. Listen, that shouldn't be. If you have the joy of Jesus inside of you, you can't help but tell somebody. I mean, let me just tell you. In my life, we just recently had three new grandbabies. Let me tell you, I've got their pictures on my phone. I've got videos of them, and my wife will tell you, we we go somewhere, and I'm like, like the place where I get my sodas at. At the, they all know. They're like, oh, how are the twins doing? How's the other baby doing? And I pull up pictures and I'm showing them how they're doing. We went to JCPenney's the other day and we were checking out and there was some baby stuff. Oh, how old are they? And so my wife tells them how old they are, but not me. I had to show them how old they are. (laughs) All right. So I showed pictures of it. Let me tell you, when you have something exciting on the inside of you, you got to tell it. Listen, if I can keep this on the inside of me, then I'm not really excited about it. Oh, yeah, I got Jesus. I'm saved. I'm making it. Listen, discover the joy of Jesus. Discover the joy of Jesus. You want to have to tell the shepherds when they saw the baby and the angel and everything was like they couldn't help but tell everybody. We got to go tell everybody. So here's the thing. With Jesus, uh, you can surprise other people with joy. You can take that joy inside of you and people are looking at you like, what's wrong with that guy? They may think you're crazy. That's okay. But they see joy on the inside of you. And I want to tell you, our world wants that. People want what's on the inside of us. They may, oh, you're religious. Oh, you're this. But when they see that you've got joy, even in difficult circumstances, they may not ever say it with their mouth. But let me tell you, there's something. I don't know what that guy's got. I mean, some people, what are they on? People say that with people that are Christians. I'm not on anything but Jesus. Somebody was commenting, we got the little uh, the marijuana thing that's down the road there. You guys know where that is? And said, I don't know, was it James? Was it you? I can't believe people are pulling in there. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're going for that high when the best high is the most high. <laughs> Amen? You can come and experience Jesus, and that's a whole lot better than anything they have. People want Jesus. But they need to see the joy inside of us. Amen? So like I said, that's what the shepherd did. They went, and uh, after seeing him, after seeing the baby, they told who? Everyone Everyone what had happened. Like even people that didn't, I don't talk about religion or politics. I don't want to hear this. Oh, I'm going to tell you anyway. Right? i got to tell you about Jesus. i got to tell you, I found the Messiah. I found the one. The angels showed up, and they said, this is going to be joy for all people. Yeah. This is good news for everybody. And check it out. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. doesn't mean they were convinced. They were like, something happened, right? Because they saw it. I believe joy should be shared. You can't keep Jesus to yourself. We've got to be joy carriers telling people about him. Amen. The Christmas story, it's filled with joy-filled surprises, but I believe that they didn't end 2,000 years ago. I believe there are many here today. Maybe you're here today and you've given up hope. You're like, I'm in a situation. It's not going to change. It's just how it is. Well, I want to tell you, surprise, because Jesus is here for you. Amen. Jesus is here for you. You may ask, well, you know what, Pastor? You don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the challenges. You don't know the circumstances. How can I have joy in the midst of this? So, like I said earlier, I'm just going to give them to you again. A little bit different, but joy and difficulty comes from knowing you're not alone. You really are not alone. This is so important, I think, pivotal. If you're going to follow Christ, you've got to remember He's there with you at all times. I want to read a verse to you out of Isaiah 53, out of the message, so it's going to sound a little bit different, but he says, don't be afraid, I've redeemed you. That means that he's bought us back, right? The enemy has stolen people, the blood of Christ purchased us back so that we're no longer slaves to sin, but he says, I've redeemed you, I've called your name, you're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be with you. When you're in a rough waters, you're not going to go down. And when you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Look what he goes on to say. Why? Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior, and I paid a huge price for you. Isn't that good? Isn't that, is that worth reading again? I think it is. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed. I want you to receive this as the Lord was speaking to you. Maybe you're in a situation. God is telling you, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. You may feel like you're in over your head, but don't worry about it because I'm there with you. When you're in rough waters, you're not going down because guess what? He's with us. When you're in between a rock and a hard place, I don't know which way to go. Don't worry. God has already made a way for you. Amen. He is our Savior. So there's joy in knowing, listen, I'm in over my head. I'm in rough waters. I'm between a rock and a hard place, but I can still have joy because God is with me. Amen? He is with me. He's not going to let me go down. Look what he says in Psalms 5. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O oh Lord, you surround them with your shield of love. Amen. Amen. You can have joy in the most difficult situation because he is with you. Amen. Whatever you face. Listen, 2024 is coming. We don't know what this year is going to hold. It, you know, this one, the last three years have been off the wall, right? Crazy. Can I just say they've been crazy? Crazy. 2024 doesn't look like it's shaping up to be any other different. So listen, what I got to say is realize God is with you no matter what goes on. No matter what goes on, he is with me. He's by my side. He's going to get me through to the other side. Amen? Amen. Uh, Next one, joy and difficulty comes from knowing God is going to use my circumstances for his glory. Whatever you go through. Sometimes we think, let me just say this, sometimes people go through stuff and they just get bitter, mad, angry, and dejected. Can I tell you, if that's what you do with your trials, then the rest of your life you're just going to be bitter, mad, dejected, and angry. God did this, and this, that happened. But let me tell you, when you surrender your life to Him, God takes those difficulties and those circumstances in your life, the things that you don't understand, and He begins to use it not just for your benefit. He uses it for His glory. He uses it to help other people go through the things that they're going through. Listen, your trials and challenges, they're not just about you. God is wanting to use you to reach other people. Amen? God will use your most difficult circumstances for his glory. Here's the thing. I didn't write this, but I thought this was good. Happiness comes and goes, but joy comes and stays. Happiness is affected by circumstances. Joy comes in spite of horrible circumstances. Like this one. You can pursue happiness, but joy is given to you. Amen. Isn't that good? I want to challenge you. Receive the gift of joy today. Receive that gift. And thirdly, what I want to talk about is that joy and difficulty comes from having a long-term perspective. Hallelujah. How many of you know, too many times we look at the here and now, oh man, my life stu- sucks, It's this, is that, and everything. And we get so consumed because all we see is what's right here in front of us. We've got to develop a long-term perspective. How do I do that? Well, look at what Jesus did in Hebrews 12. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, Who, for the joy set before him, look what happened. He endured the cross. That doesn't sound very comfortable, does it? Scorning its shame, it was shameful. That was, you know, in that situation. But he sat down at the right hand of God. What was the joy that was before him? What gave him the strength to be able to endure that cross and and to scorn the shame? Do you realize that Jesus had long-term perspective and he saw each one of us here today? He saw, hey, listen, by my pain that I'm going through, by suffering the shame, I'm going to see and make a way for each one of us that are here, right? Not just us, but all that throughout history, he realized I am purchasing salvation. I'm making a way to heaven because there was no other way. You couldn't be good enough. Oh, I'm a really good person. No, you're not. It, the, doesn't the Bible say if you're guilty of breaking one sin, you're guilty of breaking or one commandment, you, break, you broke them all. Jesus had long-term perspective and it enabled him to be able to see beyond the pain. And we have to be able to look at what's ahead. Sometimes we're looking at the uncomfortable. I don't know if you realize this, life is not smooth and problem-free. I don't think anybody in this room is living in that delusion, are you? Right? I, th- I think maybe when you're three you think, oh man, life's going to be great, right? Life has got some horrible twists and turns in it, doesn't it? Jesus even said, in this world you will have you have troubles. You're going to have problems. It's difficult when those things come. You have life with highs and lows. Listen, if you expect life to go smoothly, you're living in a fairy tale. It's not going to happen, right? But listen to me. We have something to look forward to. As a follower of Christ, we're, what does he say? Fix our eyes on Jesus. There is something better ahead. Our joy is not based on what is happening right now. It's based on what lies ahead. Does that make sense? You can endure the pain and the hurt and the challenges of life because in the end, Jesus is there. Jesus is there. This earth, I don't know if you realize it, this is just temporary living. This is just, we're just, even if you own your house, first of all, not many people actually own it, the bank does, but even if you have, this is my house. Hey, listen, it's just your temporary residence because our citizenship is where? In heaven. In heaven, and one day, I want to challenge you. One day, we're going to meet him in the clouds. And there's a song. We don't really sing it so much in this service. We do more in the, uh, uh, the first one. But uh, some of you guys will recognize that it. it starts out What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and he leads me through the promised land, what a day. I knew some of you guys would know what that will be. What a glorious day. He's going to take me. I'll, did I put it on here? I guess I did, yeah. That, it was on the side screens right there. What a day that will be. And this is so important because we go through troubles, pressures, all of that stuff. How many of you realize one day none of that's going to matter? You're not going to care who's president. You're not going to care who's in Congress. You don't, you're not going to care who's on the recent tabloid. Uh, none of that stuff's going to matter. You're not going to even worry about the green sweater you got at your first Christmas with your wife. None of that stuff is going to matter. You, when we think, here's the thing. When we think about that moment, how many of you realize that it helps us to get through this moment? So whatever you're at, whatever trial, whatever challenge you may be going through right now, I want to tell you something better is coming. Something better is coming. And listen, we are actually encouraged to be right, remind each other of that day. Not just to think about it, oh yeah, well that day's going to happen. I want to take you to 1 uh, uh, Thessalonians. I want to read these cha- uh, verses here. And now dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. How many of you know grief is different if you're a believer versus if you don't? A person that has hope knows that there's something ahead. A person without hope is living, oh man, I hope something's better. I hope something's better. But there's a different kind of grief. He says, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet Him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with a voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from the grave. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And there we will be with the Lord forever. Amen. You know, some people argue, well, the rapture's not meant in the, mentioned in the Bible. I just want to give you something real quick. Uh, we get the word rapture from this Greek word right here caught up. Uh, he is coming back. Whether he comes back, who knows? We were having this conversation with James and Rob. Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, whatever it is. I'm a firm believer in pan-trib. It's all going to pan out in the end, right? If you're a post-trib person, you're like, well, I don't believe in the pre-tribulation. I don't believe in that. Well, let me tell you, when Jesus comes back and people are going up, you're not going to object when God's taking you up to, wait a minute, I don't believe in this. Let me go through this. I don't want to get caught up in this. Some of you guys are like, what are you even talking about? Uh, we're talking about keeping our eyes on Jesus. And here's the thing. Verse 18, we don't always mention, but, but Paul tells us, encourage each other with these words. So that's what I really felt like people needed to hear, that, that, that God put on my heart. We need to hear these words. Yes. This is not necessarily a Christmas message uh, per se. You don't often talk about that at Christmas time. But I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, you can have joy because we got something better going on. We have Jesus. I want to encourage you. Jesus is with you. He's going with you. He's going hand-in-hand with you through your trial. I want to tell you, whatever you're going through, you're going to get to the other side. It may not feel like it. It may feel like, man, this is it. No, God is going to take you. And let me just say this. If you're in even a hell situation and it ends in death, how many of you know it doesn't end in death because it ends in life? Right? This is not all the end. At the end, Jesus... Is still there. Amen. Can I have everybody stand today? Thank you guys for coming out. I believe that's a message this world needs to hear. How many of you know our world needs to have joy? I'm not talking about giving people just a religious message. They need Jesus. Amen. So, uh, listen, we're going to take a moment. And if you need prayer for any reason, listen, Jesus is there. But how many of you know he created the body of Christ to be there as well? we are to carry one another's brothers so can i have our our prayer team if you guys can come up uh, that would be awesome listen if you're here and you say listen i am going through something i'm not telling you just to put on a fake smile and go out there well i got jesus listen some of the things that you guys some of you guys are carrying it's real and it hurts and it's difficult and it's challenging and I'm not telling anybody to put on a fake smile. You may be in an unhappy situation, but I want to tell you, God wants to restore joy to you today. Amen? God wants to put joy back in your life again today. Yeah, you may still have to struggle with some of the emotions there. That's normal. But I want to tell you, even in the midst of it, you can have joy. So uh, as Pastor Timothy is leading us, listen, if you need prayer, I'm just going to encourage you to come up. Uh, If you don't need prayer, can you just kind of stretch your hand to those that may come up and just pray that uh, whatever it is that they need prayer for, we don't know what it is, just pray along and uh, sing along.